Just a few more questions, Mr. Kleinschmidt, on your application here. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know, Megan's our first, you know, to go to college. You must be very proud. Of we, we are. And I understand why you would want to apply for financial aid. Yeah. College can be yeah. expensive. You know, yeah. Teacher, wife works, you know, for the church. It's not a lot of... Well, you know, I, and... I wish you luck, but I do need to ask you a few more questions here. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Let's see. Do you own your own home? Um, No, it's not, not paid off yet, sir. All right. Um, do you have any stocks, bonds? <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, I'll, remember I'll, the crash, 2008. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll put that down as a no then. Uh, how much money do you have in your savings account? Uh, about 18000 All right. Uh, do you own either West of Alamein or Cota Bushido or both? Oh, yeah, yeah, I have both of those. Do you play squad leader? Yes, I do. Oh, excellent. You own both of those, do you? Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah great games. I'm sorry, Mr. Kleinschmidt. You do not qualify for financial aid. Welcome once again to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. The only show on the net dedicated nearly 100% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. And uh, I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm Dave. And here we are again. And Dave, I know you don't like change. Dave doesn't like change. Yes, I do like no, change. No, he doesn't like I change. I have a whole jar, a penny jar. Yeah, okay. Well, you do like change. But you don't like things that that are that I want to change. <laughs> well, I don't want to change the name of the show. I want show, to change Jeff. the name of the show. I want to change the music. I want. I want we to change, change the music. I'm I want to change now. my hairstyle. I want. I want, want, I want you want to change anything. your hairstyle. Well, I've decided. I was. I was practicing today, as I often do on the way home. I was driving. Like putting home, your hair in a we bun. Do, no, I was practicing it. for the show tonight, trying to get punch, trying to put on my podcaster's voice, your radio voice. And I noticed that advanced squad leader is kind of hard to say. Advanced squad leader, yeah. advanced squad leader, and so I'm thinking about changing the name of, of, the of advanced squad leader. Yeah, too. It's too hard. Well, I'm open to suggestions, but I thought maybe, <laughs> I thought maybe officers, NCOs, and uh, grunts. No, that's just as hard to say. Okay, officers, NCOs, and grunts. How about this? I actually thought this was kind of good. How about squads and leaders? Because yeah. you can't you can't just say squad leader because that's taken, and squads and leaders is also taken. Squads and leaders is taken. Yeah, isn't that the the, the uh, critical hit version of ASL? Oh, is it? I I, I don't know. Oh, it just sounds yeah, familiar yeah. to me. Well, leaders and squads. No, how about leaders should come first? Dungeons anyway. and dragons. <laughs> Dungeons and squads. I just think, yeah, you know, they dropped the advanced <clears throat> off of Dungeons and Dragons because advanced Dungeons and Dragons was just too hard to say. Ah, oh, guess what? Critical hit, squads and leaders, master scenario list. Oh shoot! Yep, right here. Oh, back to the drawing board. Well, if anybody has any good ideas of what we should change the name, how about of the game? We just to? say ASL. That no, flows. No, nice, don't so. like it. No, because of the American Sign Language. Yeah, thing. those people. They yeah. should change their name. Yeah. Well, they did change their name in um, Canada. 
And um, American Sign Language is also, they changed their name in um, Belgium. To Belgium Sign Language? I think so. <laughs> BSL. What'd you hand me here? Dave handed me a beer. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Oh, yeah. How's your tuberculosis? Well, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's asthma, I guess. But um, haven't tried the gluten-free diet yet. But, no, it's not bad. It's not bad. It just interferes when you're trying to be... Uh, Crystal clear on the radio. Yes. Yes, your soft voice. Hi. Welcome, and everybody. <laughs> this is a Berghoff Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Because it is October. We have a German yeah. student staying with us right now. You just handed me one. Are you handing me another one? No, that's mine. Go open it over oh. there, please, while I talk to the <laughs> listeners. I was wondering. I thought, we have, how, how fast can I drink these? We have a German exchange student staying with us. It's really, really great. She's she's great. I'm staying with my... Uh, daughter because it's from like her class so that's new yeah that's fun i put an antenna on my roof that was very manly of me well i'm glad i got back with the beer because the topics are really kind of you're reaching well it was a big adventure i had to actually drill holes in my roof that's scary yes it is scary proposition well it's a good thing it hasn't rained uh, correct it's going to and you i hope you own a couple of buckets then i'll find out if i did that accurately or not yeah, we'll find out. Well, just make sure your advanced squ- no, your squads and leaders. What do we call it? You wanted to call it squads and leaders, which is critical. Yeah, I can't do it. Copyright name. Make sure you so. got all your game stuff in plastic tubs. Oh, like the guy from the Philippines. Yes, yes, everything in plastic bags. That's right. And spray some uh, bug spray in them before you put them in there. They'll last forever. Yeah, and um, fall is here. Fall is here. Aslock was just last week, just and ended the other day. And we did not we attend. We missed the entire thing, all of it in its entirety. I got a call from Rich Spilkey on his way home. He must have been very uh, bored and lonely. Um, I didn't get the call. I mean, uh, it went to voicemail, but he called to tell me that he had a great time there. He actually came back. I think he was there for five or six days. Wow. He came back on, I think, Friday. Um, but he said he had a great time. And played some big scenarios as he often as he often does. He goes oh, there and yeah. plays those scenarios. He doesn't play in any of the tournaments. He just gets out some big scenarios, and he and Bob uh, Banizek play big scenarios, stuff they wouldn't normally play. So that's kind of cool. And he'd like to come upon our show, come upon our show, and talk about that. Oh yes. So we're going to have him on. We will need to do that yeah. again. Rich is good people. He is. Well, enough of all that. I think it's time for letters. Letters. Sandpaper letters. Yes. Written on sandpaper. All right. Welcome to letters, boys and girls. It's throwing everybody off. Everybody's reaching for their radio dials like, what? What is this? I'm on the wrong channel. What's going on? What's the world coming to? I I thought this was advanced squad leaders. Squads and leaders. Uh, The (laughs) squad. I found the S-Lock 21 Girl Fafaz Champion. Oh, did you? Where? On the internet? On uh-huh. The internet it was, I couldn't okay. find it on the website for Octo- the Oktoberfest. Yeah. It's scrolling right across the top in big bold letters, so wow. I missed it. I was looking at all the fine print. And the winner is? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, tell me. Bob Bendis. Oh, my God. You're kidding. No. Doesn't he get tired of winning? Doesn't he get tired of that? I, uh, no, apparently not. I got one again. <laughs> well, it shows you that it's not all luck, doesn't it now? Well, I guess. Well, that's 
disappointing, actually, because if it was luck, I would <laughs> have a shot like... at it. Yes, Even it's further downstream luck. than before. So, congrats, Bob Bendis, and I can't find any more. Um, there, I'm sure it's on here. Yeah, that's great, Bob. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm sure you're very happy. And letters. Do we have a letter from Bob Bendis? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? We, we should be getting letters, more letters than we're getting. No, we have plenty of letters. I mean from, like, you know. Famous people? Yes. <laughs> oh, not to say that the people who sent us letters are <laughs> no, not No, famous. these are good quality people. We love these people. Here we go. You take the first one, will you? And I have a letter, a notification from a person who sent us a YouTube. What's well, a YouTube service? No reply, and it <laughs> is a link to the ASLSK one puzzle number one solution from Out of Supply, and we will link that because he's running some good starter kit tutorial kinds of things. Yes, on YouTube. Yes. And this was sent, I don't know who sent it, but he says, um, hey, guys, thanks. I love your show, and I will try to make it to the next show and tell. If I can sort out the time zone issue, he, I live in Australia. Oh, well, we met many people from Australia. Yes. I wonder if but that, that, is, that is quite a time zone difference to, to our normal recording time. True. And we did say we would adjust But you know that what? Sometime. They must not be real fans. If they can't get up in the middle of the night just <laughs> to talk you know? to us, they're not real fans. Yep. Goes to and they're show. not real fans of leaders and squads, apparently. <laughs> okay, I've got a letter here from uh, Thomas. Thomas says, hey, how do I join a Hangout? Should you guys add me? I'm new to this. Well, Thomas, I did add you. So how do you join a Hangout? Here's what you have to do. You have to have a Google Plus account. So you go to plus.google.com. And if you do not have an account already, you can get one for free. And then once you've joined, you look for the two half squads and add us to your friends' circles. And then we'll add you back, and that way you'll get announcements next time we're going to do a Hangout, which we need to plan very very soon because it's been a little while. So let's get that done. Not right now, but later. Now, what do you got next? And another kind donation from Matthew. Thank you very much, donation, Matthew. Donation! Donation! We got a Donation! We got a donation! Woo! And listeners, if you would like to see more of that, and I certainly would, please send us your donation to the two half squads. Sweet. Is there anything wrong with you? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I hope that wasn't just for $5. No, no, it not was, from Matthew. He's it was a, a, a wonderful supporter of the show. All right, And Matthew. I would point out, Robin, to you also that the, he wrote, the purpose is the continued study and appreciation of advanced squad leader box art. Wow. Well, yes. now I know why you love him. <laughs> That's awesome. It is. Yeah, it's great. Thank you for the donations. Love those. Here's one from Anonymous. Oh, somebody that left a uh, message on our, on our website on mm-hmm. episode 77, which we just published, which is a, an audio version of the last three show and tells. Dear guys, uh, good episode, but more witty than usual. I'm not sure what he means by that. Mm. Still can't figure out why D-A-S-L, Deluxe ASL, ah, yes. doesn't get the love with the bigger hexes. Right now, I'm watching the shuttle flying overhead in sunny L.A. How about that? That was Matt. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, Deluxe ASL, I don't know why that didn't take off, uh, hasn't taken off more, but who knows? Yeah, again, I think it may have been that. There may, maybe movement. they'll publish more. 
and, and maybe they will again. Yes. Anything can happen. And here's a, a comment left on a post also. I think you should find Russ Gifford and interview him. He is very ki- He very kindly sent me a CD of his tutorials a few years ago when I was having problems downloading them. And I live in Scotland. Wow. I think he meant that as because he paid extra money to ship it that far. Yeah. Not just, and I live in Scotland. Yeah. yeah. I like Toto's. <laughs> I like Toto's. Yes. Um, and so. And I wear brown shoes most of the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, Russ Gifford, give us a, a call. Shoot us an email. Yes. And we'll put you into our interview list. Yeah, sir. that'd be great. Love to, I would love to talk to him. But not ahead of the other eight people we already have <laughs> waiting in the interview list. We have a great interview coming up today, don't we? Oh, we have an excellent interview coming up today. We won't say who it is. It's a surprise. surprise. Don't tell anybody. I uh, got a message here from Timothy Stone and got this through our Google+. And he's just encouraging us to remind everybody, even though it's too late now. And by the time you hear this, it's going to be really too late. Correct. But I say do it any time of do the year. Do it anyway. Last week was read an RPG book in public week. So he's, everybody's encouraged to go out to a Starbucks or on the bus, wherever, and take out your Dungeons & Dragons rule book or your Pathfinder or whatever you play, Shadow... Shadow, what's it called? Shadow Run. Shadow Run. But nobody plays it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Take that out and read it in public. I guess the idea being that we want to promote that these things, uh, you can come out of the closet with this stuff. It's okay yeah. now. Let's stop hiding our dark little secrets. Like being geek is in cool. In our basements. Bring it all out. And now is the time, folks. Yeah, now is the time. Now is the time yeah. for you to rise up, take your publication of geekdom, bring it into the light, show it to the world. Stand proud. But not your advanced squad leader stuff. That's like over the top. People would never understand that. <laughs> no, actually, have you ever taken your squad leader stuff out, like to uh, Panera or yes. restaurant and laid it all out? I have, especially when I'm yeah. making notes for the show, Jeff. Yeah. And I get people coming by, and they'll say, what's that? And I'll say, oh, let me tell you. And after about 30 seconds, their eyes glaze over, <laughs> and they're looking at the door and their watch. Yes, and I and I have done both that in, in RPG books lately. Because I'm again, I'm thinking at, at my age, who cares? I'm gonna. What do I yeah. care that people see me reading a role playing book? Really? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? You know. And I think it can be really good, actually. As long as you're wearing a nice pair of slacks, I would go. I'd Tommy Hilfiger at least. Okay. You want to have the right uh, look. What else we got? I suppose so. Well, we had another comment posted in which a listener said, that listener being David L. Dear Dave and Jeff, I've been keeping up with the episodes, but I haven't written lately. At any rate, I just finished burning a set, a, a best of the two half squads, 700 MB disc, and I thought my track... Megabytes, megabytes. Megabytes. And I thought my track listing might be helpful to some folks. My main criteria were, is it, number one, helpful to newbies? Two, my personal favorites. Three, maximize the available disc space. Always a good idea. Mm-hmm. Now, this this amazes me. Somebody went through all of our episodes and burned a best of disc. I mean, that is that is cool. That is really cool. And he's selling it on eBay for a hundred dollars a copy. <laughs> yeah. And episode six, just for newbies. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I, episode six. Yeah, I remember that. Episode twelve and fifteen, the Keith Dalton interviews. Right, Keith Dalton, a regular contributor. Oh no, he's been on fairly often. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Twenty-five. Well, we can't mention that one. <laughs> 26. 
We're just going to leave that one out. Yep, 26. And if we get a hold of these, we're going to just take black that out. That out. Like, that it's right it's going like to be like a CIA file. So it's just going to be... 25 does not exist anymore. It's going to be 45 minutes of black, blank, dead air. <laughs> With, we're like, going to edit it out. Like the sound. And it, the <laughs> A, yeah. <laughs> episode 26, round table one. That was a good one. Oh, of course. Yeah. Episode 30, interview with Chaz. Chaz Argent. Interview 32, interview with John Hill. Memorable. The classic. Yeah. Episode 55, round table two. Yes, another good one. Episode 60, a second interview with Keith Dalton. Yeah. And ASL Extra 11, heart attack. And, of course, Newbie Do 1. And he sure he left out a lot of personal favorites, but these are the episodes that he finds himself listening to again and again. Well, the interviews are pretty pretty core. Yeah. Core people in mm-hmm. the hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, roundtables, great stuff in the roundtables. Ground, yeah, great stuff in the roundtables. But uh, he is, admits he's missing the a lot of the rules discussions. Yeah. Well, maybe he doesn't need those. Or which shows you how boring they really the rules yeah. really are. But if you're out to learn things, those are the episodes you'll want to find also. I think we should do a series of shows where we actually pretend like we're talking to somebody. So we'll say, oh, hello. Yeah, hi. How are you? Oh, when did you get into Squad Leader? And then we pause for like five minutes and we let the person listening Oh, you know, they're driving answer. in their car. They can answer and they can feel like they're really participating in the show. Is that a good idea? No. Okay. <laughs> good. Good. So anyway. Because that sounded, actually sounded like a lot of work. Uh, thank you, David L. And we are thinking of doing a, I know we haven't done a, a newbie do do, um, but I have Jeff's permission to do a work on my own, which I think I'm going to do a more of a series replay with myself. And so... <laughs> Because people want the ASL extras, some would like them to be more specific as to where the counter's moving and who's shooting when, yeah. as in the format of the newbie do. But if I have time on my own, I can just set up a game, play both sides, and make it for the advanced squad leader crowd while we wait again for maybe Jeff and Mike to, for the next and newbie to get together yeah. to do the newbie do three. Yeah. Well, that's a good idea. I'll listen. Here's a letter from Dennis Donovan. Hi, guys. How are you? How are you, Dave? I am fine. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to the last show. I'm saving it for a rainy day, which might be a while here in the sprawling metropolis of Fairfield. I'm not sure where Fairfield is. At. Where, where's Dennis Donovan? Somewhere, Could be Ohio. somewhere near Fairfield, apparently. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, I'm removing my hip status to drop you a line about the Pacificon ASL tournament um, from the Labor Day weekend. The convention took place at the Marriott Hotel in Santa Clara, California. Uh, at any rate, uh, Michael Rhodes ran the tournament, as he usually does. We had about eight guys uh, play, all regulars from the Silicon Valley and NorCal ASL groups. The theme was guns, and a picture of the prizes is attached. Kevin won the tournament and chose the training shell pictured in the picture. It's a dummy round 75mm MK650 Cal. Yeah, it's a big nice. bullet. A naval World War II training round. It's heavy, 25 pounds worth. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's kind of a nice, cool thing to have. Yeah, and it looks great in the photo here. Yeah. Those are dangerous, though, because if you, if, but useful. Like if somebody's attacking you and you threw <laughs> that at them, very, very good. Very good deterrent. Uh, I donated it, but didn't have to shell out a lot of money for it. I, I mean, this is the first time I'm reading this. I love dumb stuff like that. You do that. like. 
puns, don't you? <laughs> I do. I do. It's one thing that always kept me from getting girls. Uh, <laughs> I mean, donate it last time, but uh, <laughs> now I just got around to it. Oh, <laughs> he gets better and better. Don't like the puns? Well, yeah, I do. You know what they say, if you can't stand the heat. High explosive in, I think. Ooh. Um, I placed dead last in the tournament, but won a copy, copy of Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Excellent consolation well, that's yeah, prize. Very, that's a good book. Also good if you have it in hardback, if somebody's attacking you, you can throw <laughs> it. If you don't have that big 25-pound shell. <laughs> Lastly, and to, ch not to ch and to change the subject, I learned that I have relatives in Palatine. So when I come visit you guys, maybe I'll swing by and say a quick hello to them. All right. <laughs> so not to us. Yeah. When it comes to visit us. Oh, no, us, to visit us. Okay. Okay. Say, okay. say hello to them. So, nice. Thanks, Dennis. Well, you're certainly welcome to come. And we yes. had another listener mentioned coming in October, but that weekend has passed. We haven't heard back from you. Sorry we, we didn't uh, connect. And... Um, I have a letter from Richard Carter, and he says, Great idea on the best of the two half squads. And so he says he agrees with the John Hill interview. He says he loves the night ones, but episode 64 is his favorite. The, the whole Bohemian Rhapsody riff was great. And uh, he rewound that a few times, to be honest. I, I did too. Uh, and he uh, liked the Stoller interview, 50, yeah. 68. Great one. The Daglish tribute, of course, fifty-seven. Very yeah, very, um, um, yeah, sad, timely, and um, glad we got that recorded. Yeah, a Blood and Jungle review, thirty-six. Actually, great, great game uh, pack there. I don't remember that one. I mean, I, of course, I remember doing it, but I haven't listened to it. Yeah, since we did it. So. And an ASL extra fifteen. That was Kamikaze Ridge. That featured, I think, was that? I don't remember who did that one. Is that some guy? Bob and Rich? Oh, was it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so yeah, maybe two, that's yeah, Two great that's ASL players. Yeah. Much better than, like, me and my neighbor doing, doing yeah. an ASL yeah. extra. But, yeah. but hey, you <laughs> yeah. know, come on. Yeah. At least we have something out there for you. And so, one last letter actually last came letter in the mail. came in the mail. Now, that's unusual. I hardly ever open the mailbox and see mail in there. There's a special delivery. It came. It's it's from. You bet it is international yeah. mail. It's from Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. Ahmadinejad. Have you ever heard of him, Jeff? Ma, yes, of course. President of the Islamic Republic of Iran. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Uh, to Mr. Jeff Hallett, uh -huh. IT guru and ASL aficionado. To you, yeah. Mr. Smarty so here's Pants. So here's a letter to me from Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. Ahmadinejad. A thousand blessings on your home. I'm not going to do it in, a, in an Israeli Mazel accent tov, because I don't want to incite riots. <laughs> I was listening to episode 73, Darn Cranky, and realized that I had found a kindred spirit. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, when you spoke about building a nuclear reactor without directions, I hear you, my brother. Put yourself in my shoes. I don't have a good set of plans, and those pesky Mossad and CIA agents... Keep whacking my best scientists. Mm. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Mark Pitkavich, oh, we're not, we're not supposed to, do to that say anymore. That. Yeah, we're, we're not supposed to speak about him. I've got a bone to pick with him. Also, I oh, play tested good. all his silly scenarios for Action Pack Three, and prices I paid on eBay to get Ford Forty Two. 
Do you think he could put my name on the credits? No. Gaddafi and I played the heck out of Scenario AP-19 to get the balance right. Yeah, Gaddafi. Little known fact, most delusional Middle Eastern dictators are ASL grognards. Gaddafi had quite the area rating. I didn't, that's something I didn't know. i got to study my Middle Eastern... Uh, ASL players? Yeah, I guess so. Don't even get me started on MMP. I submitted all the playtest AARs for Rising Sun like five years ago. Probably won't see my name on credits for that either. In fact, talking with the other playtesters, they also sent in all the paperwork and the counter sheets were done two years ago. <laughs> Gets me so mad. I'd like to expose... Oh, sorry. Himself? <laughs> yeah, possibly. I would like to expend an extra moving factor to place a DC at a certain building location in Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> I also used to frequently daydream when I was a young college radical about DC and buses, which I had said I was, I used to do. How rare to find another angry, cranky ASL player like myself. <laughs> yeah, you, Jeff. But let me get to the point of this letter. I'm having real issues with computer malware. Stuxnet really messed up my uranium facility. <laughs> I'd like to hire you as a consultant to fix our network systems. Interested? Without your help, our... Now, here he typed our nuclear weapons program, but he crossed it off and replaced it with <laughs> our atomic peace program. Ah, yes. Is dead in the water. Sincerely yours, Mahmoud Manny Ahmadinejad. <laughs> There we go. Oh, I didn't. Know, I, mean, I didn't know he was referred to as Manny. Manny. Oh yeah, Manny. Yeah, Manny. Manny, how I love you. How I love you, my dear old Manny. Oh wait, so that's it, Mammy. It must be true. It's printed on paper. It's printed on paper. Nobody would print something. And like look that at on that paper signature. True. It, we ought to get a photo of that and put it on the podcast. Yeah. It looks like <laughs> it looks very Middle yeah. Eastern. Yes, in a good way. Yes, in a good way. Of course, in a good way. Well, thanks, everybody, for your letters. Always a pleasure to get those. And, of course, what's next is what Dave's been playing lately. What's Dave been playing lately? What has Dave been playing lately? That was live, not, I don't know. That not music, the recorded one yeah. that I have. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen... I have started to take extensive notes on my what I've been playing lately. Oh my gosh! Slipping them you. into the plastic ah. sleeves with the scenario. Oh. Scenario, and first off is ugly faces. What's it? You included a blood sample of your opponent on that too? Yes, if wow, they lost, that's really I put one in. Yeah. And actually, um, I won in this against Mark Woods, a rookie, but a good rookie, um, and a nice guy, and a nice guy, yeah. very nice like guy. Mark. And I wondered if this was not the worst name for a scenario ever. <laughs> what is it? Ugly Faces. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. Um, in this one, we have the French and British against the Germans in Belgium, 1940. Are Germans, you asking? I'm, no, I am okay. reading it off the card. Okay. I thought you were asking. <laughs> uh, the Germans, that was, I'm trying to do a different inflection, so my radio voice is better. I got gotcha. you. The Germans win by amassing greater than equal to seven victory points, provided the Allies have amassed less than 22. The Germans get points for each multi-hex building. And What about killing guys? Can you just kill guys? Um, you can, 
No. Shoot guys. And each British gun captured eliminated is worth one. Blah, 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 blah. Just let me kill the guys. (laughs) No. But the... They can't. The allies can just kill the guys. How, how did you? So they have to take buildings. How did you pick this scenario? Oh, Where's, because I'm playing through all the journal scenarios, and I'm I only oh. have ten left. And I was getting all excited, like yeah. I'm going to finish them all. I'm going to finish them all. <laughs> and then I read that journal, journal 10. number ten is yeah. going to be available very shortly. Before I will finish playing. Yeah. These. Yeah, yeah and it makes yeah. me so mad. Stop publishing ASL like, material. Yeah. Stop it, everyone. Let's put. Let's make uh, twenty thirteen um, a year of rest from publishing yes. ASL. Yep, everyone can catch Take up a break, on all the scenarios. Breathe, play some scenarios. Okay. Get caught up. Yeah. I would like that. So yeah, I'm going to have to just shelve the journal ten and not because I, I got to get to these other things. I want to yeah. get to that blood and jungle. I don't know. Uh, I hear that journal ten though is going to be hot. Have we played that? Zombies? Blood and jungle. I mean, there's like thirty scenarios. Oh yeah, zombies. We, we got to play zombies. It's just four years we've been saying this on the air. <sighs> too much next week. Too much ASL. Too little time. And uh, but with this one, the French must fall back. This is my advice. I'm trying to make this a little more giving advice. Ah, good. Rather than just here's what I played. Um, I recommend the French fall back. Um, Mark, who played the French, lost at least four squads out of six to surrender and two leaders. This is getting broken, falling through the woods, getting surrounded. Okay. Mm-hmm. No French are left at the end of the game. The French set up in the front. The British come on from the back. So you got to fall back, I think, and meet the British, and and get a, then you might be able to stand up. The Germans had both French machine guns, and they, like idiots, destroyed the half-inch infantry gun, which I think you should keep it. I destroyed it. I don't remember why. Just didn't want to mess with it. I guess keep it for the game end end game. If you capture it as a German. Oh, keep it. You get because you get victory points for it. Well, you get to kill the British vehicles that are oh, okay. coming on at All the right. end there. What year is yeah. this scenario? 1940. So they're small oh, okay. vehicles. So mm-hmm. this little half-inch infantry gun can can work on them. Um, I used the 20 Ls on my PSWs for vehicle bypass freeze instead of instead of less vulnerable vehicles, and I lost it. Also, like an idiot. So if you play the game, do not use your 20L PSWs for the vehicle bypass freeze because it doesn't help you. Any vehicle can freeze. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Save that gun to kill those oh, British gotcha. guns yes. and okay. tanks. Right. Save it. Motorcycles move really quick on roads, but only slightly faster than infantry with a leader and a CX counter through the grain. That's something I discovered. As yeah. I was playing. Unless you're Steve McQueen. Unless you got the <laughs> Steve McQueen counter. Yeah, then you can really fly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had an observation I'd like to share. Board 22 looked really unfamiliar after not using it for a while. And from this angle that I was playing at, this mm-hmm. viewpoint of it, just an observation I wanted to share. <laughs> All, every bit is fascinating. Every bit. Board 22. Just looked people unfamiliar. People are hanging like, on your every word. What board is this? They're oh, going to go 22. home and they're going to get out board 22 and they're going to go, oh my gosh, he's right. I haven't seen this in years. Oh my gosh. It's like a whole new board. <laughs> All open-topped armor-fighting vehicles. Hey, they're neg two in close combat, baby. And there were lots of low AFV kill shots and rolls for us. May not happen for you. Um, the British artillery are dangerous. When they hit, but they have a B number of 11, so watch for that. Mm-hmm. The Germans may have enough squads at game in to flank the guns with, um, yeah, I don't know what I wrote, but to flank the guns. And silent, oh, since oh, since guns are worth a point, 
but very powerful. The question is, what do you do with them? So there are many, many choices because you don't want the Germans to get those guns, but they're so powerful. When you can shoot. Them. You yeah. Know? yeah, they're like 84 millimeter arty guns Ooh. with a rate of one. But man, you know, if they hit, and, and typically the um, enemy is coming up close to those British guns. So the question is, do you want to hide, keep those back further, hide them, or try and use them? And anyway, we I thought this had a lot of replay value with all the variables in it. Sounds good. Which, which faces, boards are used? J 20, 22 and which one? 22 and 59. Okay. 59 is Very a nice report. one, isn't it? Thank you. I also played. You took me there. You took me there. I could feel the excitement. The, did it work? Yeah. The jungle infiltration. Mm-hmm. Now, Dave, Timon, and I were playing the... Suicide Creek scenarios in 1944, New Britain, American Marines, and the Japanese. And in this one, I won with the Japanese again. I think I have a slight advantage against Dave now. And in this one, I discovered a cool move, which I'm I'm sure other people know about, and there have been articles published on it, but I had forgotten. When you have the Japanese, if you have an isolated U.S. unit in a jungle, this is like all jungle, jungle infiltration. Okay. Okay. Very little open space. The Americans have to defend a ammo dump, which is really cool. But if you get an American squad out there in the woods here, you can move a Japanese squad. I moved one adjacent to him in the front. He first fires, right? I think he missed it or striped it or something. Then I moved a second unit around to the right flank, mm-hmm. that next text. He shot adjacent, striped that one, and it continues moving to behind him. Mm. He fires again. Final protective. He makes his morale because he's Marines with a morale of eight, but he half squads it. And at the end of that move, <laughs> I've got a Japanese squad in front of him and a half squad in good order behind him. And he breaks on my advancing ah. fire. So he's not only encircled, he's but eliminated. He broke nowhere route. Nowhere to, to route. route. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I'm sure I've done that before, but it just was like, wow. And he saw it coming and he knew I was going to keep moving around him adjacent. Just take the shot, take the shot, and hope. And maybe he even on that last shot broke from final protective fire. I don't remember. And then you have him surrounded too. Yeah. If he's going to take that third shot. So those Japanese, something to think about. Yeah. Um, destroying the ammo dump. And first you have to find it. Uh, we think, looking at the special rule, we think you could fire in your own hex at it and blow yourselves up because you're Japanese. So you can shoot at it adjacent, and then you get uh, a chance to destroy this ammo dump. Hmm. But I was thinking, if you're Japanese, you can just move into the hex with it, right? Fire in your own hex. Isn't that triple? Yeah. And then... It doesn't matter if you blow up. So when the dump goes, there's a chance it'll kill you also. And uh, Japanese reinforcements appear in this game. They are considered bypass units, so they appear anywhere on the board, even in the U.S. hexes at wow. certain point reinforcement points on this in this game in the rally phase. That makes it kind of exciting. And there you go. Jungle infiltration. Slick. And my last scenario that and I played. Where, where was that from? Uh, this one was also Journal 9. Okay. And so is this one, The Art oh. of Dying, as I was almost <laughs> finishing getting making all these a, done. Making a frantic sprint <laughs> to get the done. finish line. The finish line that keeps receding. <laughs> it does. It just keeps going It's off. like a Hitchcock movie. You're so, never going to make it. No, I know. In fact, I should just replay these if I like them so much. J-130, The Art of Dying. 
This one, there's several write-ups online about them. You just search this one, and you'll get a couple of replays, mm-hmm. and they're great to read. And it is Russia, 42, and there's Italians versus the Russians, and there's a steeple hex, and the Italians, there's a small Russian defending force with some com- a commissar in this little village. You're pushing ahead quickly with the Italians and trying to get these buildings before the Russian reinforcements enter from the right flank if you're the Italian, crossing some open ground, and get in there to reinforce it. Currently, I actually haven't finished this yet, Tom, Barclow, and I, and I have all my Italian units I have left, which I don't know, it's like half. A little more. My flamethrower's out, of course, and my vehicles are getting totally killed by the ATR. Just, you sh- mm. just don't even risk it, folks. Just don't risk it. it. You think, oh, he can't get me with an ATR. Yeah, he can, <laughs> especially in the side shot. Kill number six, and then your armor's one. Or... So um, we're tied up right now in close combat. Now, sadly, his reinforcements got in and, and reinforced those last buildings that oh. need to take. But I can't let go of the thing. It's still sitting at home, and he just emailed me and said, why don't you just roll it out with someone else? Because <laughs> he's so confident. You know, he's going to win, or we won't be able to get together for a while. But I'm like, no, we can finish this one. <laughs> I'll stand in for him. Will you do that? Sure. He's going to have us do that Absolutely. the other night when we yeah. met. Yeah. Run back to my house. Just make a series of close combat rolls, because yeah. I can't get out of it. Yeah. And my fantasy is I'm going to win all three and have just enough forces to move against those last two buildings, which still, no, the odds are not good of even surviving once you get. There's just six morales against some eight morale Mm -hmm. Russians in those last buildings. It doesn't sound sound too good. No, really. But anyway, The Art of Dying, uh, again, lots of options on this puppy as to how those reinforcements enter and even the attacking Italians. Now, where's that one from? Journal 9. Oh! <laughs> wow. So maybe next time I will play something different because I'm not going to go into Journal 10. Well, I'll have some more Suicide Creek scenarios. But Yeah. Excellent. All right. So that's what I've been playing. Great report. Very good report. I would tell you what I've been playing, but I haven't been playing much because of work and things. And I've been uh, playing, still playing this scenario, Circle of Doom, with Mike. But he was oh. traveling for a couple of weeks. And I had a bunch of other stuff going on. So, and guess where guess where that's from? Journal nine. Journal nine. <laughs> and I haven't played those yet. Wow! I told you last time I thought oh, I yes. played them. Right. I haven't. Those oh, three haven't. are still coming up. Okay. Well, I'd I'd play them with you again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so and they are because Mike and I are playing it all wrong. <laughs> we just play everything wrong. So that's what you've been. We're playing, playing anti squad leader. Anti squad leader. His ammo is always special. The route rules are still trying to figure him out. Opponents fail their personal morale checks just by his very presence. He is the most interesting ASL player in the world. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I listen to the two half squads. Roll low, my friends. Well, and that little gem was brought to you by our famous listener, because he's famous now because he was on a hangout. Yes. Jack Goritza. Yeah. And Jack, thank you so much for that creative endeavor of the greatest ASL play in the world. And this is a concept that I thought of years ago, so I'd like to try and take credit for this. 
However, I never got anything done with it. I'm going to give you credit anyway. Well, thanks, Jeff. And then I came upon a little post somewhere from the Texas guys or and other people Mm -hmm. where they were writing up the the lines, the dialogue, the lyrics to the greatest ASL player in the world. Yeah. And those people that contributed should be um, mentioned here. I got permission to use those um, to make our own greatest ASL player in the world segments. And that was Jimski. Mm-hmm. This is handle. Rick Reinish. Mm-hmm. I want to thank Dennis Donovan, most clever contributor of all kinds of ASL yeah. satirical material. Yeah. That guy and should have his own show. You should, Dennis. Not really. Tom Beagle. Don't do it. James Sullivan, William Forg, and D. Janizek. Wow. And they all contributed to those lyrics or dialogue. And then Jack took the ball and ran with it and produced sent me the music, and I said, yeah, that might work. I thought it should be more like this. And then next thing I know, he sent me a finished one. Oh, here's something I just did. And I came, we, came, we came back and said, yeah. hey, make a bunch more yeah. because we're darn busy, Yeah, and we'll just put them in. So it, it takes a village, Jeff. It does. To and, make, we've, and there's a whole village of people out there doing stuff, which yep. is And that's a perfect example yeah. of it, isn't that's it? That's great. Very funny. So what's next? Well done. Uh, next, we have our interview for tonight, another great interview. The keynote speaker? Yes, if you will. And it is none other than Vic Provost from uh, famous, so many famous things he's done, but uh, mostly noted for Dispatches from the Bunker as one of the chiefs of that publication. Longtime ASLer and a great interview. We had a really good time uh, talking to him. So we'll get to that. Here you go, Vic. Hello. Hello, Vic Provost. Yes, I am here. It's the two half squads. Hey, how are you guys doing? We're doing very well. Very nice to meet you. I don't think we've ever met in person, have we? I don't think so. Uh, I have been to national uh, events, but it's been a while. I used to go to Origins back in the 80s and early 90s and uh, been to a few Avalon cons uh, back in the day, but... uh, Mainly what I do at this point in time is stick in the region. I'm, uh, we just got done with the Bunker Bash last, uh, not last weekend, but the weekend before. Uh, we've got the Albany New York State ASL Championships coming up uh, in uh, early December. And then uh, we have our own uh, New England uh, ASL Championships at the Nor'easter coming up in March, and that's pretty much where you, where you will find me, along with uh, being at Kerry Neiman's uh, bunker at his house. I'm usually there about half of the Saturdays a year, so uh, uh, I get plenty of ASL in, in any event, and uh, certainly good to be talking with you guys. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Yes, indeed. You bet. So can you, can you tell us, uh, give us a little background about you? Specifically as it relates to gaming. I'm sure you're interesting in other areas, but not to us. Yeah, exactly. I hear you there. Well, (laughs) basically speaking, how I got into the entire hobby, and this goes way back to uh, fifth and sixth grade in elementary school, and I'm no spring chicken. I'm going to be looking at 58 later this year. But uh, I had a real good friend that we used to play chess with, and after I got to the point where I started beating him at that, uh, he uh, mentioned that uh, he's got some other uh, games that uh, I might be interested in playing. I said, well, okay, well, let's see, and uh, went over his 
place after school one day, and there was his older brother, Ken, uh, at the kitchen table, and they had uh, good old Avalon Hills D-Day laid out. Uh, within 15 minutes, they giving me a quickie overview on the rules, you know, what I should uh, uh, be doing. I was pushing counters around, throwing that one uh, six-sided die in the old uh, one-die combat results table, and literally having a ball, and I was hooked right away. I went through all those old Avalon Hill games back in the day, you know, uh, Battle of the Bulge, Africa Corps, Midway, you name it. Played them all, and uh, gaming really changed my focus on what I wanted out of war gaming was uh, the good old venerable Panzer Blitz. Uh, it came out in 1970, and got into that pretty heavily during the uh, 70s. Met my, my best friend. And right-hand man, Tom Warren, Mr. VOTG himself, uh, in the mid-70s, uh, where we were working at the time, and uh, found out early on that uh, he played these games, too. You know, we struck up a great friendship that's lasted this very day and uh, played a ton of different games back in the 70s. And then Squad Leader come out in the uh, the late 70s, and uh, you know, it took a, little, you know, a couple of years before... I wanted to take the plunge, and uh, it was either 80 or 81, and I, uh, I ended up picking up uh, Squad Leader and Cloth of Iron at the same time. You know, within a month or so, I was playing, and uh, within two or three months, I finally got time to, uh, you know, get away from our operational games and uh, try this. We just had a blast right off the bat. We played that old scenario, Traverse, Right, and Fire, and back in the old days, uh, I can't remember if it was a shock or stun result, but the vehicle actually continued on its path, and you'd have to do like a random selection to see where it ended up in. And the thing veered off the road, uh, crashed into a house, and we were literally laughing for about 15 minutes afterwards. That got Tom hooked, and uh, needless to say, we've been hooked on this game system ever since. Uh, did uh, a lot of play testing for uh, what really was the original third-party uh, newsletter back in the day on all fronts back in the 80s. And, yeah. uh, you know, worked on some good stuff for him. Of course, he he was basically at, at some points just throwing stuff against the wall to see if it would stick. And some of the stuff that uh, did get published, you know, it wasn't quite up to the standards of some of the other stuff that he sent us to play test, but he was providing a valuable service because in those days you would get your, uh, if you were lucky, your one module a year uh, out of Avalon Hill, and uh, we'd play through those scenarios pretty quickly, and we're always looking for something else to play. So on all fronts, definitely uh, served the role there. Uh, and, uh, you know, really set us on our path as far as uh, knowing what it takes to really test scenarios and uh, got us uh, really into the whole uh, uh, design theater of ASL. And, uh, so back, you know, back had, in, those, in those early days um, when you first got involved with Squad Leader, did you, and you said it, you waited a little while, or it was a little while before you took the plunge to get into it. Was it because it had some sort of uh, reputation already, even at that time? What was the uh, cause well, of the wait? It, uh, you know, there was some word uh, as far as uh, the complexity and this being a, really a quantum leap forward for tactical gaming. You know, at that point in time, we were 
still happy with Panzerblitz for the most part. And uh, we were also, you know, basically playing through a lot of operational games back in those days. We, you know, dabbled in the Europa system, did a lot with uh, Eastern Front operational stuff like uh, Russian Campaign, Russian Front, you know, things like that. You know, eventually that, we got that out of our system to a certain extent, and I thought there was more than what Panzerblitz was showing us. And after reading the uh, uh, articles in the, the good old Avalon Hill General, that really convinced me that uh, we should at least give this a try and uh, see if it's something we really want and want to do. Because, you know, board gaming in general has been a huge part of our lives. We've played a ton of different games from a lot of different manufacturers, but uh, always came back to Avalon Hill stuff. We always found that to be, for the most part, the best quality that you could get. I thought Squad Leader was too intriguing an idea to not uh, uh, give it a try, and it uh, didn't take long once once uh, I got that uh, box and uh, had a chance to uh, really absorb the rules and fool around with it a little little bit. And once I got my toes wet, uh, you know, it was just getting Tom involved, and uh, once I got him uh, uh, interested. Uh, you know, the rest is history, as they say. So, Typically what happens, I think, with these kind of things is, um, and maybe you could talk about this, is uh, something like that comes out that's new and uh, different, maybe even radically different, and you mm-hmm. fall in love with it, and there's that uh, romantic first few months, and then you get to know it better, and you've had your your brain in a lot of different games. So you've got a lot of experience. You've slept around. Well, that's not the really the word, but um, <laughs> so you had a lot of experience. Then you got into squad leader. You played it six months after you were into it. Was, was the romance over where you, did, did you get to a point no, where you thought, yeah, you know, this all. game could use some improvement. Uh, basically speaking, I found it to be uh, an endlessly fascinating game. And uh, one thing about, start of the whole uh, squad leader ASL system is you really didn't have a lot of scenarios back in those days. So uh, you really got a chance to actually uh, play uh, scenarios multiple times and really got a chance to better figure out your, your tactics for that particular scenario and try to apply them for other scenarios. And uh, as you, uh, move through the scenarios in the original squad leader box. Uh, once you got through the Stalingrad stuff and you got to, uh, uh, especially Hill 621, which I still consider uh, one of the great scenarios in our game system, no matter whether it's historical or uh, people are, uh, whoever was the designer back in those days, uh, basically was just trying to come up with a feel for uh, Big Russian attack on a, uh, you know, a, a fairly small German force on a hilly terrain, and each one presented you with a different problem, uh, and there was different ways of looking at solving that problem. You know, I just, uh, you know, found it um, fascinating from the beginning, just the way the game system worked, and obviously uh, we were all thrilled when they uh, came up with the. Uh, the three-ring binder in uh, 85, 86, whatever it was, you know, consolidated those four rule books, uh, refined the system, came up with uh, 
uh, you know, defensive first fire principles to allow you to shoot during movements and uh, just basically gave us a, a better framework from which to operate, allowed us to um, really uh, blow open the boundaries on uh, what you could do as far as World War II tactical gaming was concerned. Yeah, it is utterly amazing. And I do like the fact that you and Tom go back so far. That's really, really interesting. And the fact that, you know, the way a friend brings you into the game, I thought, I think that's something that um, I've experienced, too, with, with getting other people into the system. They're often friends first. Um, oh, absolutely. And, now, um, you know, we're uh, one thing that's been a hallmark of our club and really – me and Tom were the club for quite a while, but in the mid-'80s, after uh, putting my ad in the Avalon Hill, Hill General for over a decade looking for uh, <laughs> opponents for a variety of games, but especially uh, squad leader once it came out, uh, you know, we started you know, getting hits on people re- replying to those ads. And uh, uh, you know, by the mid-'80s, we actually had uh, you know, about a half-dozen guys that, we're playing on a, you know, a fairly regular basis, and uh, by the early 90s, uh, really established what is now the Bunker Crew with me, Tom, my uh, best friend Ralph McDonald, Kerry Naiman, uh, Carl Norguera back in those days, and uh, really the people that um, ended up becoming lifelong friends. Uh, you know, I must say, most of the best friends that uh, I have on planet Earth are in this hobby. Yeah, uh, and, um, and also then you talked about uh, doing the play testings for On All Fronts. Now, of course, that uh, fanzine goes way back, and so does yours. Is that correct? Yeah, um, we're, we first published Dispatches back in 97. That was really a reaction to uh, both uh, the Rot Report, another great venerable uh, zine back in its day. Yeah, I had all of those. Uh, Yep, and on all fronts, uh, both uh, calling it quits back in the uh, early to mid-90s. And there really was no other, um, quote-unquote, amateur periodical being published at that time. So, you know, uh, after working with, uh, you know, know, on all fronts for a while, we thought, you know, well, why can't we do this? And especially with the advent of the PC and desktop publishing software, all of a sudden, uh, those doors were open, and uh, you know it um, wasn't long. Within you know a year or so of making the decision that this is what we wanted to do, we were off and running with it. And uh, here we are, issue 35 just went in the mail last week. And, you know we have no plans of stopping anytime in the future. We have a good group of guys that work with it, and I've got quite an extended family of. Uh, uh, you know, testers and proofreaders and, uh, you know, people that help us out from time to time. And, uh, you know, it's an ongoing process that uh, really never stops. When did you quit your job so that you could do the publishing <laughs> full-time? Well, I'll tell you, i got nine more years to retirement, and uh, I ain't going to be quitting my job anytime soon. But <laughs> luckily with all the people that do help us, uh, it makes things much easier uh, you know, we've got the newsletter template set up in our publishing software, and uh, uh, a lot of what we do is fill in the blanks type of stuff and getting the right content, and of course, coming up with uh, good scenario designs, but that's not all on me and Tom any longer, and uh, I've had a lot of people uh, come through the newsletter and get their designs published, and 
you know, last 20 something issues. And, uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of people with some great ideas out there and we still get them on a regular basis. Nice to have them already pool of scenarios to pick from at any, any point in time. So, uh, uh, so, so originally you and Tom did a lot of the scenario designs? Yeah, we were uh, pretty much, for the most part, you know, we, I, of course we also had Ralph and Carl helping us out. But, you know, the first, uh, you know, nine, ten issues, good majority of the stuff that we were doing at that point was all on us. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, little by little other people came in and, uh, you know, other people started submitting some really good stuff, and over time, uh, you know, it, it just uh, really diversified who was uh, publishing through us, and now pretty much it uh, doesn't matter who, who you are or where you come from. If you've got a, a, a valid design that's going to uh, survive our, uh, you know, playtest regimen, then uh, you've got a good chance of... Uh, seeing your uh, scenario published, and uh, for the most part, our uh, feedback from the subscribers has been uh, mostly po- uh, positive, you know, occasionally, even with playtesting these things, however many times to get tested, and we try to test everything at least a uh, minimum of 10 times, no matter what it is, uh, but as long as it uh, survives that, it, we, we feel it's publishable at that point. If it's working, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, you look at war uh, a year later and you scratch your head and wonder, well, what happened? <laughs> oh, because they're know, not but, quite, don't, they don't look as balanced. Yeah. Um, now, it's a, a, they did come out with, out, now I have, I have to confess, I missed your publication. And I was around getting route report, as our listeners know, at that time. And I don't know how I missed subscribing to yours because I was pretty much the fanatic guy sitting at home. Mm-hmm. By myself with one other person, maybe I was gaming with at a time, um, reading these things. So I don't have them, but they did select a I do have Out of the Bunker. And mm-hmm. so that was when MMP published. How many was scenarios was in that pack? Uh, let's see, there was, I think there was 15 scenarios in that pack, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and, did you, uh, do, you, do you think they selected some of your finest work or... Uh, well, actually, um, I basically put out some suggestions because uh, uh, Dave Childs, uh, who uh, part of the MMP uh, family, he uh, actually he's known us for a long time. He was a friend of Tom Morin's way back in the 80s, and then he uh, moved out of the re- region. Eventually, he ended up in Arizona. But uh, Dave and uh, Tom, I guess they um, uh, kept in touch to a certain extent, and Dave uh, stayed in the hobby when he left, and uh, he mentioned to Tom that uh, he thought we were doing good work, and he would love to see some of our stuff uh, published as a scenario pack on its own. came to me and asked me for some uh, suggested uh, titles, so uh, I had retired the first 20 issues by that point, so I just went back to the uh, retired issues, and uh, looked at the ones that, A, we thought were really good designs, B, were fairly close on Roar, and C, you know, things that we really thought uh, really should be uh, viewed by a larger audience than what the newsletter uh, was. So uh, I came up with a list, and he, we pared it down to 15, and uh, that's what got published. They did a fantastic job on the layout. I was very, very pleased with what they did. And one of the scenarios that didn't make it in 
So that's a particular pack. Um, it's actually going to be in the uh, new journal coming out. So um, I'm very happy about that as well. Okay. And now we, I can't find your website. I, I keep getting the undercover. Yeah, the, 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 the infamous website. That's another thing that uh, fell by the wayside. The um, website was actually hacked. Uh, Dave was uh, basically our web guy, and he uh, just got overwhelmed by work, uh, MMP duties, and family, and uh, eventually uh, just uh, couldn't, you know, come up with the time or, uh, or effort or whatever to uh, keep it out there. So I eventually told him to just um, uh, take it down. And uh, so the website is a dead issue at this point in time. We may eventually be resurrecting something, but what I'll probably be doing uh, is uh, getting a page on the uh, Yankee ASL website. I'm going to be uh, contacting Bruce Carson and see if he can do something there. Mainly just an informational page with, uh, obviously, uh, information on what the newsletter is about and uh, how to contact me if interested and that kind of stuff. Eventually, we may be able to get uh, PDFs there as far as uh, retired issues that are not having any contact that content that is MMP uh, copyrighted. And uh, we'll see where that goes. I really need to sit down and talk to Bruce at some point. Uh, I'll be seeing him at the... Nor'easter in March at the latest, plan on uh, dropping in the line soon. Okay, so we'll see what we can do down the line. If, if I could uh, ask you to go back a little bit and talk about designing scenarios, and as a guy that's only come into gaming in the last, uh, I guess it's been about seven years, and I actually came through video gaming before I found board gaming and in general and squad leader in particular, there's such a huge difference in my mind between playing a game and designing a game. Oh, so absolutely. at what point do you decide, did you decide that you could design some scenarios? And I mean, what got into your head? It just, it seems to me like, I mean, I, I don't want to belittle it, but scenarios are just a different mixture of guns and tanks and squads and different maps. Yeah, I mean, you, this is true. Uh, yeah. Basically speaking, what motivated me was working on on all fronts and seeing uh, other people's designs that we were working on and thinking you know, through the uh, playtest process, you know, well, maybe if we had a couple extra squads for this side or maybe if we did something a little bit different in this way, you know, just basically uh, tweaking the scenario to make it more balanced, maybe more exciting, uh, more in line with what we think the scenario is really trying to get at, that kind of thing. And going through that process eventually led me and Tom to uh, thinking that we could do the same. So uh, our main uh, motivation and inspiration is just reading and uh, reading a good book and coming across something that sounds like it might set up well as a, a possible scenario. And then, obviously, you then expand your search for research, find uh, another book to confirm what's going on in the first one, try to piece together what the, the units uh, involved are, what their T-O-N-E is, and, uh, you know, and then uh, come up with uh, what you think is a good representation of what was there, you know, as far as the type of terrain you uh, think they were, uh, you know, fighting in, coming up with boards that are as close as uh, you can think might be possible. 
and uh, you know, just coming up with uh, uh, the kind of uh, units you think that really should be there and would be available historically. Basically, just jotting all this stuff down on a legal pad and uh, eventually getting to the point where you can actually, you know, pull counters in a board or two and do a little um, solitaire to make sure that, that at least you've got a fair handle on what you try to do and eventually get it uh, um, into a, a, a fairly recognizable scenario format that you can bring to the club and, uh, you know, get some of the guys playing it and getting their immediate feedback on the what is the draft version of your scenario and then uh, going from there. That's basically what we've, we've been doing. And I've got to put a shout-out to Tom again uh, for not only his valuable contributions to this uh, newsletter in general, and he's the one who's doing all the scenario formatting now. He's, he's taken that over for the last 10 or 12 issues. That's been his baby. He does a great job on it. But uh, uh, just seeing all the work this guy put in for uh, Valor of the Guards, the module that just keeps on ticking, uh, he's got two more scenarios uh, for that module, um, probably going to end up in a journal down the line. It won't be in the next journal. He does have uh, a VOTG scenario coming out in the next journal that was originally in dispatches. Uh, that man put in a ton of work, uh, really accumulated an amazing amount of research material. One of my uh, projects down the line, uh, and this is one of those things where you just got to find some more time, is uh, doing another uh, small campaign inside the Red Barricades. I've been looking at doing this for a while, but it, it, with all the regular news, newsletter stuff that I have to deal with, it seems like a fairly daunting task, but I'm going to be enlisting time at some point to see if uh, the two of us can get that put together, and that might be a special issue uh, of this dispatch is uh, down the line. So, uh, Yeah, that would be great and breathe some new life back into that system. Um, yeah, we have contacted Tom, and he has agreed to do an interview, so we will be looking forward to letting him uh, speak and, and getting a firsthand account of the, the massive, because Jeff and I are both always, our minds are boggled, aren't they, Jeff, when we... Boggled. Boggled, when we look at it. Uh, Befuddled. Like, how on earth do you, where do you start with all the research? And Oh, my God, yeah. And, uh, you know, where VOTG was, uh, you know, a step forward from Red Barricades, it was, that module really was based on, uh, you know, uh, the way Barricades, Barricades was structured as far as reinforcement groups, the way our chapter was set up, all of that. So Tom definitely took, a, uh, you know, a lot of good concepts out of that utterly classic module for his, you know, and uh, we, you know, expanded on it and added some, some chrome that uh, we felt really gave it the flavor for the module. And then you see something like Fest on Budapest come out, which, again, is a, a leap forward from VOTG. Uh, Bill Cirillo really did a spectacular job with that module. I uh, haven't had really a chance to play it yet. Definitely looking to... Uh, get into some of it in the near future. I'm definitely going to be playing a scenario from that module in the first round at the Albany tournament when we uh, get together in December. And uh, big uh, shout-out to Bill. He did uh, some magnificent work there. And we also have Bill lined up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tell both those guys to be a little more patient. You know how slow we work here at the Two Half Squad studio. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, I just lost my question. Jeff, did you have one? 
So um, their most recent issue is 33? Uh, actually, the most recent issue is number 35. 35, uh, just okay. Went out the, yep, just went out the door this, uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is starting to hit around. We're going to be starting work on 36 next month, and that'll be coming out in March. Oh, I heard a rumor that you're just doing PDF from now on? or is... uh, uh, That actually is, is, is a fact. It's not going to happen with the next issue. I gave everybody fair warning on this uh, due to... Uh, uh, price increases for everything. I mean, uh, getting the uh, the print run done, the clamor for color copies that some guys want. Most of our uh, newsletters have been done in black and white for uh, uh, financial reasons. Color is very, very expensive to do. With the price of literally everything going up, especially postage and you name it, envelopes, paper, uh, you know, your ink, uh, uh, whatever it might be, I'm going to wait for your 3D version. <laughs> then you got to add the price of the 3D glasses. Oh, there you go. The, so, I thought he meant the so, sculpture-making new technology that yeah. we can. Yeah, but, but PDFs will be a fact as of issue number 37. I've gotten 100% positive feedback as far as the decision was concerned. Uh, a lot of guys mentioned that they have you know, iPads and tablets. They'd love to be able to read them on those. Plus, they'll be able to print their scenarios out in full color. And, uh, you know, I'm actually going to be dropping the price of the uh, subscription since I won't have to be dealing with the post office any longer and uh, make it the same price for everybody, whether they're purchasing this in uh, New York City or over in uh, uh, Helsinki, Finland. It's going to be the same cost. So uh, that that was also something I got positive acclaim from the subscribers. So... Uh, I think it was just the right decision. I'm certainly happy with it, and uh, uh, certainly uh, the PDFs will allow me to eventually have back issues that aren't available at this point uh, available, again, as long as they don't contain MMP copyrighted stuff. I'll uh, eventually be able to either put them up on the uh, website or uh, be able to email those out to those who are uh, looking for them. So, that will actually keep some stuff alive that, you know, has been basically out of print for a while. So And pardon my ignorance, that. but I, I play the uh, I play the ignorant guy on the show. Dave plays the guy that <laughs> knows a lot, and I play the ignorant guy, and I do very well, by the way. But what's typically okay. in an issue? Uh, basically, at this point in time, uh, you get uh, usually four scenarios. Uh, that's minimum, four scenarios. What we try to do is have a nice mix in each issue. Uh, we always try to have two or three scenarios that are, you know, playable in uh, one sitting or uh, one uh, elongated sitting. You know, usually two of them are pretty much ready to go as far as uh, being able to fit in a typical tournament time slot. But we also uh, want to make sure that we're getting something in there for, for the guys that like something a little bit more um, a little larger, a little more challenging maybe, uh, you know. So we usually have two of them that are like tournament size, maybe one medium and one large, and that way we get a good mix as far as size is concerned. We also try to get a good mix as far as uh, theaters of war. We're always trying to, you know, see if we can get uh, like an eastern front in there, a western front, something from the PTO, and then something else that may be anywhere in trying to get a good mix for everybody to try to satisfy everybody, uh, no matter what 
see there might be their uh, preference as far as their playing is concerned. Uh, we also always have uh, an article in there and could be on anything. ASL could be a big uh, look at a, a scenario, big analysis. It could be something uh, on specific rules, like this issue, uh, number 35, has a nice issue, a nice article on uh, gun duels in it. We also have Carl Noguera's uh, famous tactical tips uh, column on the back page. That's been one of the, uh, really, one of the things that I get the most positive feedback on an ongoing basis. People just love the stuff he comes up with. You'll always find that on the back page. And then there's also uh, information on the local ASL, ASL scene and always have something on our you know, main events, the Bunker Bash, the Albany Tournament, and uh, the Nor'easter in every issue. So uh, just basically uh, trying to give everyone our New England take on ASL, and uh, certainly seems to have worked out so far. So it's not the only magazine that's out there, and certainly there have been um, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, fanzines and things in the past and um, a lot of articles written. Do you ever worry that something you're writing is already been done? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I mentioned in our scenario design contest is uh, trying to find something that's some aspect of ASL that literally hasn't been done to death, you know. And uh, But luckily the system is so big and so expansive that there's always something, you know, come up with some uh, good analysis on. And... Uh, you know, it's just coming up with something that's of value to the readers and hopefully something that, you know, might make somebody in the ASL community happy when they read it. So, uh, you know, that's our goal, every issue, trying to make sure that uh, people are getting the, their bang for their buck and getting something uh, that they want to go back to. That's great. That's great. I can't wait to uh, get a couple of issues. Oh, absolutely. Uh Shoot me an email. I'll let you know what's available, and uh, definitely we'll do, do, do uh, something good for you as far as getting you a nice discount for having oh. me on your show. Oh, well, thanks. Oh, well, sir. thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Um, and we do have one issue that was sent to us as a sample, so that's what got us some. Um, because, again, I hadn't had these when I was a young lad, and so mm-hmm. <laughs> and so finding that, we got your, your name and, you know, got to get you um, on our list of people to be interviewed because we'd like to give every every little game group, wouldn't we, Jeff, a little a little, ex- a little exposure. Chance, a little exposure, yeah. a chance to, to talk. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, are your are old issues still available somewhere? Or they Can they be got? Well, eventually I am going to be trying to, uh, to, to go through the uh, old issues and see what I can and can't publish. There is the possibility down the line that what I might end up doing is rescanning all the old issues, uh, but basically leaving out any pages that MMP has the uh, rights to at this point, which means some of the scenarios will not be available that way. I, in that case, I would just point you in the direction of the uh, MMP scenario number, and you know you can go and uh, hopefully purchase purchase it from them. But uh, I will be doing something once I get to the uh, um, uh, PDF transition to um, uh, see what I can do as far as getting as much of my content uh, back in circulation as I can. I do have a limited amount of in-print issues uh, left, uh, basically, at this point. 
I've got uh, 25, uh, 26, and 27. 28 is no longer available. Not only is that uh, out of print, but uh, MMP is probably going to be publishing a good chunk of that issue. A, the uh, VOT scenario, Urban Nightmare, is being published in the uh, upcoming journal. And B, Tom's got a uh, really wonderful campaign game in that issue, the uh, uh, Ilyu River campaign, where Colonel Ichikai made that famous bonsai charge over the uh, sandbar at the uh, Ilyu River at night. And Tom's got three Great scenarios and a nice little campaign about that. And eventually we're going to be uh, submitting that to MMP. We're working on getting a historical map together for it instead of the uh, overlay heavy map configuration that we originally used. Down the line, hopefully that'll see the light of day is uh, a nice little hassle project for MMP. Yeah, and then, so they've gone through, how does that kind of work? They just kind of go through your material, or they've already been through it since they're fans like we yeah, are? Yeah, they'll, they'll um, well, luckily for for them, as far as our case is concerned, and actually a lot of the third-party guys, you know, our stuff has been published. It's already been through the playtest cycle. Mainly what they're going to be looking to is, you know, getting it into official format, getting it proofread so that nothing got lost or changed during the translation. And uh, they might do, you know, some uh, uh, a little bit of uh, t- testing on it just to make sure. But by and large, most of the stuff that we've sent them, uh, you know, they trust us. They they know we've been been around the block a few times, and for the most part, they've just uh, published our stuff pretty much as we've given it to them, with uh, you know some tweaks on wording and stuff like that. But by and large, we uh, you know, we're trusted. Certainly, uh, we trust them to do the uh, proper job on anything we send down there. And they do an absolutely fabulous job. And uh, kudos for keeping the hobby alive. Oh, yes, indeed. We're very lucky. Absolutely. You know, because <laughs> we're, we're remember... going down the road to oblivion uh, until Kurt uh, stepped up and uh, made the deal with Hasbro. So thanks, thank God that did happen. Yeah, because, and again, I was around. Jeff is a little younger than I am, so... But I was there when I suddenly got the news that if I hadn't gotten that one game, that I was out of luck because they only ran a limited number. And mm-hmm. I was like, no. <laughs> you know, and that yeah, Emily Hill was dead. Yes, indeed. So. Yeah. Well, um, I think our time is up for the moment, Vic. All we, right. It went really quick. We appreciate very much you joining us tonight and uh, telling us about Absolutely. yourself and everything. Fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. I'm certainly glad to be be here with you guys and uh, anyone who's interested. Check out Game Squad forums. I'm uh, on there in the announcements page uh, every month, giving an update on uh, what's going on uh, with the newsletter. My contact information's there as well. Certainly, it's been fun, and I definitely look forward to uh, hearing Mr. Morin on your show. Yep, we are too. Okay. Thanks very much for joining right. us. Hope you have a great Thanks night. Thanks again, and, guys. Uh, Appreciate it. Take care. Right. Have a good night. Right. You Bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. Good morning, Asquads. Uh, my name is Steve. I'm calling in to say that my favorite nationality to play is the Americans, and there are three reasons for this. Uh, number one, uh, I am American, so I like to uh, I like to play my own nationality's forces. Number two, I've been in the U.S. Army since, oh, God, 1984, so that's like 28 years now. So that uh, makes it more interesting for me 
how, being in the military and, and seeing the tactics and the infantry uh, equipment and so forth. And uh, number three, actually there's four. So number three is I'm a military historian, so I really like all the American weapons and stuff, uh, knowing about the tanks and the rifles and the machine guns and all the equipment that they use. And number four is because of the variety of opponents that the Americans have. Uh, no other single country fights as many different people as the Americans do in the different scenarios. Um, obviously, the French in North Africa, the Germans and Italians, of course, in Italy and, and in France and Germany. Uh, they fight the Japanese. So no one else fights in as many different environments against as many different opponents, which makes it, I think, uh, very challenging but also just more fun. So anyway, that's it. And thanks very much for your great podcast. I, I love listening to it. So I hope you guys keep going along and um, keep up with the banter. I like the banter. So rock on. Talk to you later. That was an excellent talk we had with Vic. Interesting guy. Very interesting man. Yeah. Well, Jeff, what's... Oh, is it time? I it's guess time. That's, that's all we have time for tonight. I know what that music means. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. We enjoyed having you with us, and uh, we hope you'll join us again next time for another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. Dave, we never did say, what episode is this? 78. Okay, thanks. And it's early October. Yeah. Thanks, okay. everybody, for listening. All right, roll low. And rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. How about this word, a name? Tanks and guns and demolition charges and smoke and... ATRs. ATRs, yes, and Panzerfausts and squads and half-squads and leaders, and heroes, and berserk dudes. That should work. And crews. But I think you're missing the advanced portion, so let's call it this. Complicated guns and squads yeah. and shells and smoke Excellent. and hand grenades. I love it. <laughs>